This is episode 16 of the Inner Game of Aging podcast. Welcome to the Inner Game of Aging podcast, helping you to discover how to be older without growing old. And here's your host, turning this whole idea of aging upside down, Lee Mowat. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Inner Game of Aging podcast. Today, I speak with Barbara Kosk, who calls herself a full-time volunteer. Barbara is an energetic 78-year-old living in the town of Wyndham, New Hampshire. She describes her life and her volunteering in ways that make it clear why we should all consider volunteering to some degree in our lives. Listen to how she describes a life full of experiences, connections, and friends due to her volunteering efforts. The people out there that can call this woman a friend are truly lucky indeed. The first part of our conversation today is simply trying to list all the things that this 78-year-old does. So you will hear a variety of quick stories relating to the experiences that she's had over the years from her volunteering efforts. But the meat of this discussion is really in the second half where we went into the reasons she does all that she does and the effects that these things have had on her life. It is in the second half where I found the greatest inspiration and motivation for me to expand my own efforts of service. As you listen to this discussion, especially the second half, I'd like you to try to do several things. See if you can hear how volunteering has contributed to her life and has shaped the experiences and outlook that Barbara has. Also, see if you can let her stories inspire that spark inside of you as it did for me. Also, see if you can notice the pleasure and personal growth that Barbara is getting by connecting to the efforts of others around her and how it's helping her as a person as well. Um, I must ask you to forgive the audio quality of this episode. This was a live recording, and I don't yet have the equipment needed to record these kinds of sessions with the quality that you, the listener, deserves. So, between the hiss and the low-level hum, I'm hoping you aren't too distracted from hearing the inspiring fire that is in this woman. The deep hum that is heard in the first few minutes of the session doesn't last long, so don't let it keep you from enjoying and being inspired by this conversation. And if any of you out there can help to steer me toward uh, capturing better sound while doing these live recordings, I'm always appreciative of your input. The URL for this episode's show notes page is, of course, you know the drill by name now, the inner game of aging forward slash IGA16. To repeat, inner game of aging forward slash IGA16. And speaking of websites, I wanted to encourage my listeners to visit the new version of the inner game of aging website. It has, in my opinion, become a little simpler to navigate. I will, be, I will also be launching a monthly update newsletter, which doesn't just update you on the new content that we've posted on the site, but is 
also, but it also contains information that I've uncovered that relates to the never growing old message. I am expecting that these monthly updates will engage you as a subscriber so that I can learn more effective ways of supporting and spreading the message of getting older without ever getting old. There will be other benefits that we are working on as well. I won't mention them here now. Look forward to these announcements in a future podcast episode. I've taken enough of your time in describing this episode and in making my announcements, so let's get on with our discussion for today. How do you pronounce your last name, by the way? Well, that's a good question. It's Kosh, like a, a hard C. Uh huh. And you don't pronounce the I. So. It's a Newfoundland name. My husband was born there, and there's a lot of cautious in Newfoundland. So you, you spell it differently than you pronounce it. Absolutely, yeah. And, and no one can pronounce it correctly when yeah. they first see it. Yeah, likewise myself. So cosh. Um, that's like me. My um, my first name is spelled L-E-3-E, the three silent. L-E-3, the um, number three? Uh-huh. Or the word three. No, the, the number, number th- th- the number three. The you, three is silent. You don't say the three. Your mother gave. That's what your passport said. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Oh, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Okay. Oh, all right. So that's a good. Leave that in. <laughs> um. So I am here to talk with you today because you have are a phenomenal lady in the Wyndham community. Wyndham, New Hampshire, is the town you live in, and. I'm not sure how this community would do without you. Now, um, before we label that an exaggeration, I would like my audience to listen to the complete episode and see where that so-called exaggeration comes from. Um, how much do you volunteer? You call yourself a full-time volunteer. Mm-hmm. Where do you? Who gave you that label? You or someone else? I guess I gave it to myself. Okay. And how did you come to the conclusion that you were a full-time, full-time volunteer? Because almost all of my life, I've even when I was working as a dental hygienist in the school system in Londonderry and Windham under the State of New Hampshire program, it was mm-hmm. uh, you'd bring your equipment to the school and you clean the kids teeth fluoride treatment two dollars well for 20 years I did that and it might as well have been a volunteer effort because it took me all that money to get to the <laughs> to the place where I was working so I was just lucky that I could do that because my husband's construction business was um, doing well enough that mm-hmm. I didn't have to Go work in a dental office. Okay. I could do this. So you volunteered in the schools with children, helping them with their dental concerns. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you did that for 20 years. 20 years, yes. And this was a job? It was a job, yes. It, um, when my children were just old enough to go to school, so it was the late 60s, mm-hmm. both of them were be gone. And I had a call from a school nurse in Londonderry who um, wanted to start this program, and she knew that the state had this 
uh, offering. Mm -hmm. So she found me. I decided I would do it. But that led to 20 years of doing this program with the state until the state of New Hampshire did away with the program. Okay. And so that gave you... This wasn't really... You didn't... I'm trying to get a flavor for this. This was not a job, but it was a job. Yes, that's more or less like <laughs> it. it was, <laughs> I've made a very little money in a year, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe $2,000 a year. And so what? how did you justify being able to do this for 20 years with so little money? Well, because I was also... My husband had a construction business, and that part of my other volunteer job was to make his books come out right and to keep track of invoices and pay them and mm -hmm. well that since that was going fine I mm -hmm. didn't feel the necessity to be working in an office and I, I just love this and, and I made really really great friends in the school nurses that I worked with ah, so your connection to this was more emotional than financial I, definitely. 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 Okay. Much more. And yes. So, and why did you stop? Because the Well, state yes. The state of New Hampshire stopped that program. And after I had done it for 20 years. And what I did was I went up to the state and I had this thought. I said, the program's gone away. Please let me have a whole set of equipment, a chair, an autoclave, a light, instruments, this and that and the other thing, because I have a feeling someday something is going to be started up again. Mm -hmm. So I did, and in my basement for five years, I stored the chair, the light, the autoclave, and all of those things, until one of the school nurses that I was working with in Londonderry and the principal of her school. They were both um, trustees of the Alexander Eastman Foundation, which is local, mm -hmm. and I can explain to you about that. Um, and they got together and they started the plan which more or less reactivated this program mm -hmm. under the Alexander Eastman Foundation umbrella. And so that, and, and at that point, uh, that I was not interested in being physically doing this. Mm -hmm. I was happy to let the um, <laughs> I was happy to let the equipment go. Mm -hmm. But it was then the beginning of a program that still goes today, huh. with definitely not that same yeah. equipment. Yeah. Uh, but um, and it's now expanded. It's more of an educational program now, where they mm -hmm. go to the different schools and do uh, dental education, but they also do take care of dental needs of uh, children who wouldn't okay. get it otherwise. So this was this this beginning was how you got so connected, and it was an emotional connection more than a financial connection. Um, that is, you start to connect to the people that you worked with and made great friends there, mm -hmm. and this is what motivated you to keep going on, on this thing? Yeah, well, it was really a, a wonderful experience, and those nurses with whom I worked are, we still get together and have lunch frequently, and 
Even though, though I'm the lowly dental hygienist, they <laughs> accept me in their group. And uh, yeah. so this, is, so you're pointing to something that I'm going to refer to later on in this conversation. The um, your reasons for connecting to this program are not financial or anything else. They're they're emotional. We're going to be getting talking to that later on. But that doesn't qualify you as a full-time, yeah, in a full-time volunteer. No. Today you have received many awards and are involved in so much in the community you live in. Mm-hmm. Just list off just a, a small doesn't have to be complete. What do you do here? What do I do here? <laughs> yeah. So I've been involved with uh, volunteering with cable for Hmm? Uh, since 1988, yeah. televising local meetings, um, doing shows mm-hmm. like you could come to our studio over there. I'll and, explore and you, that. Yes, you explore that, and you could do it there. And um, so, and then there is the cable board, of which I've been. So you remember the of the cable board as well? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So not only volunteering cable board and the cable board. Oversee, and it's a very stable board. The membership of that doesn't change much. But I, one thing I say when I sometimes speak at selectmen meeting is, we really wish to have younger people on this board okay. because we are all aging. Mm-hmm. And maybe I wouldn't say maybe I'm the <laughs> liveliest one of the bunch. <laughs> I I don't know, but yes, I, I serve on that board, and it, they oversee. The cable studio, okay, which is run by money that comes in from the cable company in franchise fees. Interesting, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yes, I think so. That's tip of the iceberg. Tell me more about um, you know ex- extend this iceberg a little bit. The iceberg. <laughs> Let's see where the iceberg goes. Um, the iceberg goes to volunteering at Goldenberg School with teachers there. And it started when my mother and my mother-in-law both were here, and we're mm-hmm. recording this at the senior center. They were here at the senior center, and they had a call out for grandmotherly type people to come. How old were you at the time? I was younger. They were in their eighties. Uh-huh. But um, I would drive the two of them there, and so. It made sense to just stay there uh-huh. instead of going back and forth. And I just never stopped. So you volunteered in the school system as well, the, yeah. the community school system. I did. But I that's, did. That doesn't, that's just, the list is still so short. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the list can get longer. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see the extent of, because here is where I start to understand why you call yourself a full-time volunteer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okie dokie. Um, <laughs> Let, well, my interest in the school mm-hmm. um, led me to think that perhaps I could run for the school board, uh-huh. which I did in 2003, and I was on there for six years. And all during that time, it was a time when we were building our own high school. That's right. And it was quite a busy time. I enjoyed it immensely, um, and that was, an, to me, another volunteer, lots of hours, lots of work, um, but very enjoyable, especially to see the result, the building that we have 
mm. up on London Bridge Road. Do you feel a part of that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a big part, a cool. very big part of that. So those now, are about my six years on that school board. Now, I I met you at the Wyndham Senior Center, yeah. and you play a heavy role there as well. Mm-hmm. You're also connected to our community cemetery. Oh, yes. Oh, and, yes, I mean, there's many things that, uh, you know, I don't see a place in this community where your hand hasn't touched. You know, That's true. <laughs> and it has actually touched uh, across the ocean, too. To the Explain country, that to me. To the country of Russia. Explain, please. Well, in the, I guess it was the early 90s, yeah, right in 91, 92. Uh, there was a gentleman who taught at Pinkerton. His name was John Barry. He's retired now. And he was taking groups to Russia, mostly from Pinkerton Academy, where he taught, to Derry, had a sister city there. Hmm. And on one particular visit, two or three people from Windham went along. And they came back with this great idea that Windham needs to also have a sister city over there. They had chosen the city even, mm-hmm. and they got the selectmen to say, yes, it's fine, you can do this, but we're, we're separate. We do, we're not under the town, but the town mm-hmm. recognizes the fact that the town of Suzdal, Russia, is the sister city of Windham, New Hampshire. So after John more or less got interested in other mm-hmm places where he was also teaching about China. Mm-hmm. Well, not to let it all fall apart, it became my Your responsibility. Thing. <laughs> I just took it. And so since 1992, I have visited friends in our sister city 22 times. Wow. 22 times I've been there. So this volunteering effort has brought you to Russia? Yes. Interesting. Yes. It has Oh, I'm starting to see a picture here now. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a little bit global. Okay. Uh, And so, indeed, um, we would we would go sometimes a small group, sometimes a larger group. I know I took at one point um, a group of about thirteen, and this group was a little bit difficult to keep track of them all, but we did. <laughs> While we were there, I was asked by my friend who was the contact with there f- from them to mm-hmm. us, Barbara, when you go home, you need to find someone who will adopt three siblings. Three. And the reason it has to be, we want to keep these kids together. And the oldest one is soon going to move to another orphanage because of her age. She's older. And these other two, and we don't want to separate these kids. I said, okay. I, I mean, people had asked me before about adoption. Mm-hmm. But infants? Mm. And I, because I went to the orphanage. Each time we would go, we would bring mostly money because mm-hmm. they could then get what they... Our assessor at the time, Rex Norman, had only been here a few months. Mm -hmm. He didn't come out of the office. He didn't say anything until about a week later. 
And I went in there and he said, my wife and I want to adopt those three children. What do we do? I said, well, Interesting. I don't know what we do. We're going to figure it out. We're uh-huh. going to figure out what to do. And so I talked a lot to Elaine Yorty, who has, mm. her, and her husband, Dr. Ed, they have a uh, connection with Romania and adoptions. Please set us in the right direction what mm. these two uh, people have to do. So with a lot of help from them and a huge amount of help from our friends in our sister city, mm. within six months of the time they told me they wanted to adopt these three, we went and got them in March. So that is amazing. They still, and they live here in this yeah, town. Interesting. They live here in this town. So you see the results of your volunteering efforts all throughout this community. Now, yes. how did you get involved with the cemetery? Well, the cemetery has three trustees, and they're elected people. Mm-hmm. So um, a spot opened. Uh, Wendy Devlin, who works at the town, she's on there, and she's done tremendous work of getting the cemetery records in the computer. It's amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. And I just thought, well... The family's over there, and I'll be there someday. <laughs> I have my place. Mm-hmm. I just you have your plot in the cemetery. Oh yes, <laughs> and and room for the, everyone in the mm-hmm. family. Um, I just decided. Well, I shall run, and so next month I have to run again. So six years I've been on the cemetery. So basically, we have a small budget where we, and we have a, a groundskeeping person mm-hmm. uh, on a contract basis. Sure. And uh, the people who do the burials, I think. We have very little to do except, well, if people need to buy plots and things like that. Um, but fortunately, there's three of us, hmm. not just one. Okay. And uh, right now, we have a really good group of three people. And you're appreciating that collection in terms of what they do for the cemetery. <coughs> That's how it's run here in uh, okay. this town. Uh, a question for you, um, going back to your Russian experience. Yes. Um, who, su- who supported, who funded your trips back and forth to run well, um, okay. to Russia? Well, everyone who went bought their own plane ticket. Uh, when we got there, though, we were hosted yes. by families, and we always would stay with the family, mm-hmm. uh, which is wonderful, and... The town has a really small thing in the um, budget each year, $500 a year that we carry. But there would be individuals who would give me money for the orphanages, especially because we have the Norman children Mm -hmm. living in town who came from Orphanage Desky Dome number 3. So um, that's kind of close. And those those kids are wonderful. So it was mostly... Self-funded. Okay. Now, uh, my questions may seem to be hopping around the place, but I'm trying to get a That's full fine. sense of of everything you do. Tell me about your connection to the senior center here. Oh, yeah, so we'll get around to that. <laughs> and it was the same kind of thing. Uh, my mother, my mother-in-law were here, and I would have to drive them here uh-huh. to get them here. Neither one was driving. So then I just kind of attached myself to the place, but... I didn't always stay during the day. But then it came, well, 
yes, it was time to do more. And at one point, Mr. Tom Case was the, well, let me explain about this senior center, which is different from any other senior center in the county, probably in the state. Because Cow. this building in which we are having this conversation mm -hmm. is a town building. However, the senior citizens and a group way before me uh, leased this building from the town for 15 years. And now we're in a 25-year uh, span now where we have probably 15 years left. And always, always, it was not run by the town. It was the originators way back when made it like a nonprofit. Okay. So we are. So we, the senior center was apart from the town. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, and <coughs> the running of it, and yeah. I can explain that. Um, so, uh, yes, we are nonprofit, and so therefore we have offices, and we control our own budget. Mm -hmm. the, the the lease states that. The town takes care of the outside of this building, mm -hmm. the electricity, half of the phone, the heat. Mm -hmm. We have <coughs> everything else. We have to clean this building ourselves. We have to pay for our own liability insurance and the bottled water and this and that and the other thing. So this building mm -hmm. is run 100% by volunteers. So I am... The president. I have a vice president, a secretary, a treasurer, a communication person, mm -hmm. and uh, someone who okay. sets up the you know pay your dues type of thing. And so, so you have assistance in doing. I certainly there. have assistance. Okay. Yes, but uh, I'll have to say, yeah, probably I do ninety percent <laughs> of the work. It usually works out that way. <laughs> but, You're the most passionate one. Tell me about the awards that you've gotten here. Well, let me think. Uh, two times and on in March at election time, the town would give a Volunteer of the Year award. Volunteer of the Year. Yes. And I twice they gave it to me. But I think the second time was an error because they completely forgot that I had already received it once. You're not supposed to receive it twice? I don't think so. But I think I'm perhaps the only person who received it twice. Okay. And so that was kind of a nice recognition. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> last um, fall, the Salem Chamber of Commerce and the Salem Cooperative Bank, as their biggest sponsor, they uh, do an award to women in the community who do things. And a local person nominated me, and they chose me to be a ruby. Well, their awards are called Hidden Jewels. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, each award is some jewel. Well, I, it so happened that I was You're a, ruby. a ruby, and I will forever be a ruby, I think. <laughs> um, and that was a really, really nice thing. That was last October that that happened. Okay. And then recently this year, another... Thing happened. Um, oh, and I, I just thought of another too. But this this year, the group across the street from here, there's a assisted living. Oh yes, yes. Called uh, Windham Terrace, 
Now, Windham Terrace has been doing this award for a couple years. They picked a senior who does things, uh-huh. and they chose me this year. And this one had much, well, it had much more than just a little plaque. They really made this big affair. It was really quite nice, actually. So, you know, there's this whole long list, and I know we haven't touched 100% of what you do. I, I tend to see you on Facebook and in, sometimes in the paper um, with all the stuff that you are touching. I wanted to give my audience uh, just a context of everything you do, why you call yourself a full-time volunteer. I wanted them to see that you're, you wake up in the morning volunteering and you go to bed at night volunteering true. on an almost daily basis. Yes, true. And, you know, um, so I wanted my audience to see that. Is there anything else you want to mention before I move on to my next topic? I, I, uh, another award mm-hmm. popped through my head, and I, I didn't uh, think of it right away, and that was maybe four years ago. It's, it's an award uh, by the given by the state of New Hampshire. It's called the Vaughn Award, and it's also given to seniors who do things. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Rockingham Nutrition Meals on Wheels, which r- runs the meals that we get here, mm-hmm. and I am the volunteer. Beside managing the building, I'm there volunteering. There's no other site that has a volunteer managing the meals, except here. And so the Rockingham Nutrition Meals on Wheels were the folks that nominated me for this Vaughn Award, and it was really... We went up to State House. Hmm. Governor Hassan comes in the room, and I was one of how many they had that. And that was... And the, my husband and the kids and several friends were all there. And Cool. That was... Interesting. That so enough, enough of my awards. I yeah. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that, I mean, how do you feel talking about all all this stuff that you do and your awards and how wonderful you are? How do you feel about that? <laughs> well, I don't do it for any reason to, you know, to have people pat me on the back. I just do it because I want to do it, and it feels good to do it. And you know, like well, I like I said, one someplace, maybe in your inspiration mm-hmm. thing that. Um, the thing that you hope happens is that other people will see what you do and they'll want to do the same kind of thing. Yes, yes. It's one of the reasons why I do handstands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be physically able to do a handstand like you. <laughs> how, how old are you, Barbara? I am 78. You're 78. My birthday's in April, so 79. Now, listening to your audio... I would never have guessed you were that old, right? Thank you know, you. Um, you are full of energy. Um, meeting you in person, it doesn't change that. You're just so full of energy. You walk like a younger person. You talk like a younger person. You scold like a younger person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, when, when the seniors need to be uh-huh. gently scolded, uh-huh. yeah, but... Now, how do you, um, so you've done so much around the community, um, and you, as you said, your work extends beyond the community as well, um, places like Russia. Mm-hmm. How do you, how does, does the volunteering opportunities find you, or do you find the volunteering opportunities? That's a good question. I don't think anybody ever came looking for me. So, I think I just 
found all those different areas that interest me. And I just hope, as long as I can, I want to be in touch with all of them. So you you put out the effort to find all these opportunities to touch? Well, I, I don't think I went on a hunt to uh-huh. find them. Uh-huh. I think I, I see they're there, and I say, I could do that. Okay. So the way I'd like to explain that is, you're sensitive to these things as you walk around the world. You're <laughs> sensitive to where you can touch, and therefore it hits you. It hits your percep- perception. It's almost like if I buy a Mercedes, the next day I see a lot of Mercedes on the road. I can see these things because of my now sensitivity, you know, to my... So you're sensitive to where you can help, where you can offer your assistance, and you see these things quite naturally as the person you are. Yeah, so... Thank you. Okay. I summed that up pretty well. (laughs) Okay. Um, Now, so I want to move into... Let me just get a bit about your... A little bit more about your history, and... Basically, what motivates you to do what you do, you know, and how you feel about doing it. Why do you volunteer like this? Forget about what you'd volunteer for now. Yeah, why? And yeah, like, why do you conduct your life this way? Maybe people think I'm crazy. I don't know. But it's just that these things need to be done, uh-huh. and you do it. Another do you have a mother complex? Oh, <laughs> Perhaps so. This is you talking about you. I, I'll yeah. accept anything you say. I don't know. You're, you're my psychologist that. today. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Uh, well, uh, yes, I guess I do mother a lot of people. You do mother a lot of people. <laughs> yes. I've seen you mother some of the seniors here. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's and, fine, you know, and they need it, and, and I like to do it. So you, you feel, would you call yourself motherly? Motherly. Uh, grandmotherly. Grandmotherly. Yes. No, you can it, stick to motherly. And yeah. motherly, too. But I have four grandsons, and, you know, when you're young and you have kids and you're so busy, you don't appreciate them so much. When you're older, and my four grandsons all live right here, they're like from 28, 26, 19, 16. They're all boys. Mm. No, not a girl in my grand. <laughs> kids, uh, okay. yeah, but um, yeah, it, it it seems maybe they see something. Okay, so uh, if they have a question, they have a need. It's me they go to first. Really, uh, lots of times. How do you feel about that? Well, I it certainly makes you feel good that. Your, you know, your grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. Say. But it's not just your grand... And other people, too, yes. Yes, it's not just your grandchildren. Yes. The The way your grandchildren feel about you, as you just described, the whole town feels that way. Well, I I hope that's true. I hope that's true. And I don't do it for the the fact that I want the whole town to think, oh, Bob is this great person. She just is around and does... Things. Do you, let's talk about the bad side of volunteering as much as you do. I'm sure there are bad sides to this. Tell me some of the disadvantages. You spend most of your time volunteering. How does this impact you negatively? Well, sometimes I get tired. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I get tired. But, um, and sometimes, you know, a lot of those things happen in a week. Da, 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 da. 
and you've got meeting, 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 and mm. then you get through that, and it's all calm, much mm-hmm. calmer for a while. Um, but I just hope to continue to have enough energy to do all the things I'm interested in now. Mm-hmm. I hopefully would not take on at my age too much new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how well you'll do at that. It seems like you will gravitate toward doing more. From This is just my assessment from watching you for the short time I have. Well, but, more things in the areas I'm already attached to, possibly, perhaps. Possibly. But, but not new efforts in, in other no, areas. No, I, I am not going to go run for the school board again. Okay, okay. No. And Although so. I would like a woman to be amongst that mm-hmm. group of men. Um, I, you know. So, but you know, the negative side of volunteering is is something I wanted to you know. Yeah. I I want to hear more words about the negative side of volunteering. I know you do it. We'll get to the positive sides, and I want to leave my audience with the positive side of this. So I want to handle the negative yeah. sides of volunteering first. You only have limited energy, you say, and sometimes you're called upon to use all of that. Yeah, um, in a short span yes. of time. Yeah. Yes, and and that's and some days you feel that. Mm. And there's so many things happening. How here. do you handle that when you're stressed and pressed beyond your reason? How do you handle I that? I take a deep breath and move on and keep it in my head. You today, you got to do this, 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 and you can do it. I mm-hmm. do. I do try to save some time in my schedule for to have say lunch with a really special friend mm. uh, or and those school nurse we have to plan it way ahead those old time school nurses and me mm-hmm. we will have lunch on November 9th okay. we have not seen each other and try to get a day when everybody can come we have not seen each other with everybody's schedule and mine being the worst one uh so a long time ago, we had to say, this is the day. Mark mm-hmm. it off. Yeah. We're not going to do anything else. On November 9th, we will meet and we will enjoy each other. So, um, so you, scheduling. Scheduling is a bit bad problem with all the meetings and all the volunteering and you know that sort of stuff. I know even in scheduling my conversation with you today mm-hmm. has been... I wouldn't say difficult, but you, you're not a woman of leisure. <laughs> uh, no, but I, if I sit down with my Kindle... That's another thing that surprised me. You know, as a 70 year old powerhouse, yes. you, you are so much more connected than most 78 years I know, those people of that age. You're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, I will text you. You answer back. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, your embracing of technology is very different than most people your age. Uh, I'm not sure if that has anything that connects in any way to the volunteering you do. I'm sure you'd have to be exposed to technology with all the stuff that you have done. Yeah. But right. I was actually quite surprised when I saw how familiar you are with Technology, you know, current day technology, you know, so... Um, and I, yeah, so I like to, I mean, it is, the internet and email is a wonderful thing. Yes, it is. We've gone For beyond that. For most people, and, you know, we won't talk about any politics. Yeah. But I, I, I found that, um, 
So, so technology wonderful. helped you do what you do. Oh, yeah, I mean... Of course, it does me, was, it does everybody. Yes, it, it, email, thankfully, mm-hmm. is, okay. is wonderful. But I see you on Facebook, you know, like a 70-year-old woman, you know, yeah. you know, having a, you know, sharing things on Facebook, and it's, I don't always see that. Well, I, I'm kind of careful what I put on there. If of something course, of course. Uh, happens here at the center and locally, and, and a good, I... I won't, not. Yeah, you don't put it on. And nothing political, unless I'm saying, vote for me for cemetery trustee. Um, (laughs) That's political, no. I do, yeah. And I do love, by televising these meetings live, you you understand so much more about local politics, really. And, And local politics is really, can be a bit hairy sometimes. Any politics can be. Yes, yes, yes. But, being there and televising in the studios right there in the next to the room where the selectmen and the school board are meeting. And practically every meeting, it will be an occasion where I can leave the equipment, go to the podium, make a statement, or ask a question. to be speaking to the 70-year-old woman who has almost just as much energy as I do. <laughs> and so, if we all have our power nap when we're finished with this conversation, <laughs> we'll be good for the rest of the night. That's right. Uh, so, but indeed, I, I cannot... If there anything were, more negative about voluntary? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If there were a lot of negatives, I wouldn't keep doing it. Well, yes, I but think, I know. We but, understand that, but nothing comes without... There's no good without bad. There's no bad without good. Yeah, that's it, yeah. true. That's true. And, and so I wanted to get a, a sort of a sight on the bad that comes with this good. We'll yeah. speak of the good right right now. I think. Why do you do all this? Now I suggested earlier that you're the motherly type, and that's what drives you. Is that a complete answer? I don't know. If it's probably not. I suspect not. Which is why I'm asking the question. Yeah, I, but I think there's different reasons why I do. Different things. Different things. To be televising meetings, I'm really taking in all of that information by being there, right in the room with them. I'm not watching a replay or something. I, I'm taking in all the information firsthand, and I love that. Hmm. I do love that. If some, rarely when there's a meeting that I have to miss for some reason, and somebody else has to do it. No, I, I would just rather be there. Hmm. Um. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, but and I don't know. I, it's hard to think of. Well, I mean, why things. you get up in the morning and you construct your day, and it consists of this volunteering effort or that volunteering effort? Yes. Why? I mean, why you could have you live your own life apart from all this? What would your life be without all this volunteering? My life without this, I would be eating donuts and and getting fat, probably. Okay. So this I, I <laughs> <laughs> now they said there's a lot of benefits to volunteering. If you look at on the internet or any you know, the Council for Aging suggests that there's a lot of benefits that come to seniors for volunteering their time in their community or elsewhere. You know, some of these benefits involve um, you know better mental health, better physical elements, a freedom from depression. You know, do you identify with any of this stuff? Well, 
I guess when you put it that way, perhaps all these things that I do uh-huh. help me be the individual that I am, separate from my husband, separate from my kids, separate from my grandkids, separate from my friends. So there's an it's, identity here for yeah. you? It's an ident- In all this <laughs> volunteering work, there's an identification of who Barbara calls mm. Kosh is. Yeah. Did I say that? Kosh. Kosh. Like okay. Oshkosh. Yeah, but Oshkosh. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds okay. differently. Uh, it is, yeah, it's a fun. So, this is how you identify yourself. After all, you, the full time volunteer moniker comes from you. You know, if I were to. In fact, I've done this. I have a New Age Aging video on volunteering as my second episode for New Age Aging. And during that episode, I learned the value of volunteering for seniors. The you know, It gets them out of the house. It, it, it addresses a lot of social connection that is very essential as we get older and more, you know, more importantly. It gives us an avenue to learn new things, to be exposed to new things, to continue taking in new things. You know, as I look at this list of benefits that you know, seniors get from volunteering, I see every single one of them in you. But that's not the reason you do it. That's, you know, but I shouldn't say that's not the reason you do it because you feel all this stuff. You feel yeah. this social engagement. You're socially engaged in the community. You're, you, you have good and bad experiences with other people that, and you know, that just strengthens your own life. You know everyone in town. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, so... Were you not volunteering, what sort of person would you be? I definitely would not be the person I am today. Do you feel... I would be much more introverted, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be reading my Kindle. You wouldn't be reading uh, your no, Kindle? No, I was never a reader until a person turned me on to a certain book, and then, and now here at the center, once a month, we have book club, and mm-hmm. we are all reading the same book, um, so I, your social engagement is through the roof when I, when I compare it to most 78-year-olds. You are involved with just about everybody in the community. And this is, like and this is a benefit, an asset to your life. I, yeah, I, I think when I'm out shopping at Shaw's and people smile at me, I, I'm not sure who they are, <laughs> but they obviously know, at least know who. Okay. Is out there shopping. Um, now here goes a strange question for you. I like strange questions. Here goes a strange question for you. Yeah. You are. You've done. You. Are, you know. And you. You know. You're Barbara. Kosh. The full time volunteer. Yes. What advice would you give other people your age who are wondering if they should volunteer or not, or just trying to think of the idea? Man, like. How how might now? I know you're going to be biased here, but I'm trying to see what words you'd give someone who is perhaps somewhat depressed, isolated, and not connected to his surroundings. These are typical. Not they're not out of whack for most no. people your age. And doing something like volunteering, definitely it it takes you out and you're with other people and you're not thinking about this horrible thing that might be happening at home you know your spouse is sick or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you're all living alone or you're sad mm-hmm. no you gotta get out and do things as a matter of fact there's a couple of people who come here to the senior center who were encouraged to come after their spouses 
passed, and they'll say that's the best thing they ever did for really? themselves. Really? Really? To get out, yes. Interesting. Uh, the the personal growth that comes from volunteering, that come, you know, like when we all look at our own personal growth, we put that in terms of, well, in terms that are private to each of us. So I'm going to ask you to, to define or somehow describe the personal growth that Barbara has in doing all the stuff that she does. How does this grow you as a person? Well, I think... Every day, I listen, I watch, I take in things by osmosis, mm -hmm. and I will not be the same person tomorrow as I am today. Excellent. I, I, every day, Excellent. you're a little bit different because of the, your surroundings, by the things you've done, and some of them good, mostly, something bad, but you will not be the same person tomorrow that you are today absolutely excellent that so you're at your age you're still prepared to change adapt and move on to have new to. and better things you have to absolutely that's that's just wonderful that's just, that's exactly what the inner game of aging is all about you know you may be older but i do not see old in front of me yeah, <laughs> and I don't feel old. I, I mean, I'm not afraid to say I'm 78. And, no, and yeah. but I do not feel like a picture of a 78 year old person. Okay, now this is a question that I ask every single one of my guests on the podcast. You, Barbara, are 78 years old. How do you feel about being 78? What surprises you about being 78? Well. When you think of that number, <laughs> and you remember your parents when they were that number. That's right. And you're, you're feeling so great, healthy, uh -huh. with energy. Um, if I wasn't feeling like that, I would probably wouldn't say I'm 78. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, uh, you know. I, I mean, your yeah. energy is amazing. I mean, at 70, I don't, I don't see 78-year-olds. I'm, I'm 66 now. I have a high degree of energy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but I'm younger than you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're 78. I don't see this energy. It's not typical. Do you realize that, that this energy is not typical? Uh, I do realize that all the things that I do and this energy, yes. Um, I remember I was just looking through an old folder and, and the, the girl... At, at the administration office who recommended me for that award, that hidden jewel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was a question there. One word, how would you describe this person? And she wrote tireless. <laughs> and uh, probably a good one. Um, Interesting. That somebody else uh -huh. thought of me as tireless. Now, this... This tirelessness, this feeling good at 78, mm -hmm. do you think that's connected to the volunteering that you do? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You don't think you'd feel this good if you were not volunteering? No. I would, I would if, if I wasn't out there almost daily doing something, mm -hmm. no, I would not feel as, as well as I do. 
So the social engagement, the physical activity, the connection to others and helping others, these are things you do for yourself. These are things that improve your own life. These are things that you can see benefit others as well. found wonderful things at a variety of senior centers that I am visiting, you know, and you'd be amazed, Barbara, at the wisdom that is, you know, surrounding a lot of the people mm. here, yeah, but they're withdrawn because they've had life experiences that have saddened them, and all they need is to touch others like the way you touch others constantly, and they start to come alive. And so I agree with you, the senior center, there are other avenues to do this as well mm -hmm. that would bring life back into people. Maybe not as much life as you have, but... <laughs> Every bit of life you can add to yourself <laughs> exactly. is good thing. Sure. <laughs> and so, you know, like, but I wanted to help my audience understand the benefit we all get from volunteering the you know watching you has just been amazing you thrive off of this stuff and you live a, from what i can see now i'm not as close enough to say this in a reliable manner but you live a wonderful life connected to many wonderful people doing having opportunities for many wonderful things in your immediate environment you are you know you have a social engagement that is extremely powerful in your own life because of all the people you touch through your volunteering. And, you know, to, to, to have other people see this, it would, be, it would be my desire to have other people to see this, to see how much you are benefiting from your volunteer work. You're a beautiful woman that, <laughs> that engages me in my idiocy. <laughs> quite, quite, you know, from the day I met you and I saw your energy, it was very easy to see. I was looking for some older person to say, well, I'm older. Yeah. <laughs> I'm older. You... Yes, and so, I'm older. Um, well, at least a little now, older than you. How many, how many kids do you have? One girl, one boy, and they're right here in Windham. And they live right here. So you're and looking that, to have your family. A good thing. That's a good thing. That's a very good and thing. And you know, a lot of these seniors, they're children and their grandchildren are not right here like that's right. mine. That's right. They're off in California or... How do you think uh, that would affect you if your children weren't here? That, yeah. How, how would that change what's currently happening today? Yeah, I, I, I would hope that I'd be doing the things that I'm doing, but I would definitely not have the close relationship that I do with them if they were living away. And how would that affect what, what Barbara is today? I guess I'd I would hope I'd have the money to get on a plane and see them as mm -hmm. often as possible. Um, mm -hmm. But that isn't the case. They're here. They're the reason why I asked the question is because there are many people your age that are growing up without family even. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, um, that's, you know, one of the issues of our demographics is that, you know, our families may not be present when we have reached the last chapters of our life. That and so, true. you know, 
those of us with family, you are very fortunate to have your, both your, you know, everyone around you. And you have a whole town around you because of your volunteering. If you didn't have your kids and family around you, I suspect you may not. This is just a suspicion of mine. I would be mine. a different person. Well, I don't know. See, you're Maybe. so connected already that this, this social true. connection that you've built up here would, you know, would buffer you against well, the, the absence of your kids. And I would you built up quite a legacy here. <laughs> oh, Dad would be proud of me. That's yes, what, he would. That's what I thought when I first went and said, I want to volunteer at Cable. Mm-hmm. Dad. Well, you've gone beyond Dad, that. Dad. Dad. <laughs> yes. And so, I mean, I'm just, I know the town appreciates you. I've seen your awards. I've seen... You know, I've been dealing with you for some time, interacting with you to get this conversation recorded, and I, I've seen you on Facebook pop in and out. You've marveled at me. I've marveled at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing any stand. Oh, you can do one easily. <laughs> and so, um, and I need to give a message to all of my audience out there that, especially from watching you, you know. And a lesson to me as well, that we cannot isolate ourselves from our environment. The more we get engaged in helping our environment become what it is to become, the better person we become as well. I'm trying to help me and others understand that staying inside of our own life is not the way to have the best one. So, and let me end it with that one. So... That's a great ending. Yes. Oh my gosh, look how long we talked. And that wraps it for episode number 16 of the Inner Game of Aging podcast. I certainly hope you were as inspired as I was by that conversation with Barbara Kosk. She is certainly a fireball, puts me to shame. Do you volunteer in your life? Why don't you visit the show notes page to tell us about your volunteering experiences? What benefits have you derived from in your life about your ability and willingness to help others? Most of us around this time of our lives find a little bit more space to contribute to the lives of others, to help others out in our community and even nationally. And we should do so. We gain a lot of benefit for ourselves as Barbara's life is a sterling example of. Perhaps you've had a few bad experiences by volunteering uh, your time or efforts or anything else. We would like to hear about those as well. These are all educational for us to participate in. So leave us your thoughts and comments on the show notes page. Of course, the show notes page can be found at innergameofaging.com forward slash IGA16. If you are listening to these podcasts on a mobile device, please hit subscribe on your podcast player so that you never miss an episode of the information that we have upcoming for you. And to help others discover the message of growing older without ever growing old, why not consider leaving a review on iTunes? As I've mentioned in previous episodes, 
Those reviews are instrumental in helping others to discover this podcast and its message. Also, visit the website and subscribe for updates from the site. Not only will you receive updates for the new content that has been released, but you'll also receive tips and tricks and other facts and tidbits that I've uncovered that support the growing old but not older message. If growing older and not old is a message that you can believe in, please subscribe because you will also be helping me to spread this message. I will engage my subscribers to find out information as to how I can better spread this message that is important for our culture all around us. And of course, you can always get hold of me directly using the email Lee at innergameofaging.com So, until next time. Thanks for listening to the Inner Game of Aging podcast with Lee Mo Watt. Check out more content by going to theinnergameofaging.com That's theinnergameofaging no spaces dot com Stay with us as we learn the many ways of being older without growing old.